We all know that someday the Illuminati will strike against us common folk and try to destroy us once and for all. But did you know that part of that plan for world domination involves your toilet? And then a very common paranormal phenomenon is as people are dying, they see those who have departed before them helping usher them into the other side. Seeing visions of your relatives and loved ones that had died before you to make your passing more palatable. But what happens when you're dying and you don't see grandma and grandpa? No. You see something so horrific. You spend your last moments on earth. Begging for mercy. Season 24 of Dead Rabbit Radio starts now. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. Welcome to season 24. I hope you guys had fun. During my two weeks off, I pretty much just played Minecraft and I watched movies. <laughs> I watched a bunch of movies, but I can't remember a single one, so that should tell you something about the the quality of them. What? There was a movie. Oh, dude, I saw one of the my favorite movies of all time. I saw during my break, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> You're gonna be curious. You're like, oh, what nonsense did this dude watch? We'll talk about that later in the week. We got a lot of stuff to cover. First off, running into Dead Rabbit Radio Command. Everyone get on your feet and give it up to our newest Patreon supporter, Biggie Cheese. Woohoo, yeah! <laughs> Walking on in. Big old, big old cartoon rat, I think. Biggie Cheese. Biggie Cheese apparently is a reference to that old, like, is from the movie Barnyard. If you guys remember that, I don't, I don't. But Biggie Cheese, this fictional rat, has now supported the Patreon Biggie, very, very appreciative that you've decided to turn into a real, real rat and support the show financially. If you guys can't support the show financially through the Patreon or through YouTube ads or merch store, I totally understand. I really, really do. Just spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. Also, Patreon supporters get ad-free episodes. I keep forgetting to mention that. You do support the Patreon, you do get to hear the show ad-free. Biggie Cheese, let's go ahead and get this party started. Let's get it out of the garage. I'm going to toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. Biggie, drive us out of Dead Rabbit Radio Command and all the way to a water treatment facility. We're headed all the way out to this water treatment facility, and like we get there, we're putting on like our yellow hard hats. We're walking around, and we see a bunch of guys working there, and they're like, keep that water treated, boys. We supply all the water to the city, and the workers are like, yeah, <laughs> they, they really love their job. They're all doing a little water dance and jumping up and down. I love working water treatment. We're like, man, these guys are really into their job. And we see just like these giant silos of water, and it's like stuff spinning around in them. And we're like, looking, and we're like, so is this where all of the sewage water goes <laughs> the, the foreman's dipping a cup into the water Mm-mm-mm. delicious needs to be treated just a little bit more this is where all the sewage goes right this is where like all the poop ends up 
and then you fix it, and then it goes into our coffee pots. <laughs> and the, the foreman's like, well, I, that's kind of, I guess that's what we do. Look, there's a couple more steps there. You're never going to get ready to brew a cup of coffee and corn is coming out of your, you're like, damn it, Jason. Are you seriously starting your season with a sewage episode? Biggie Cheese is running away. We're like, nope, nope. You're our chauffeur. We're at this water treatment facility. And that's, I think that's what they do, right? I honestly don't know. I'm probably going to research it. I did all the other research on this crazy conspiracy theory. I think that's what they do, right? They take all the sewage and they have like a huge net that like catches the poop and the corn and all that. And then <laughs> just come, clean water comes out the other side. It's like a sieve. You get the clean water. Well, anyways, why are we at this sewage treatment plant? Well, recently, it's actually the day after Valentine's Day, a warning went out online. An insider posted that this new conspiracy is about to start on May 1st. And while this might sound bizarre at first, bear with me. Bear with me, because it might not be. (laughs) It might be totally fake. But it might not be. We won't know until May 1st. Let's take a look at this. May 1st, 2024, which, if this is true, will forever go down in history as Judgment Day. Truly. May 1st, 2024, you're going to wake up. And you're going to stretch and get out of bed. Oh, yeah, good, good night's sleep. You wake up and you drink some coffee and you read the news. And then you're like, oh, yep, it's time to go poop. It's time to go number two. You go into the bathroom, and you start pooping, and then you're done, and you go to flush it, but it doesn't flush. You're like, what? And you hit the little nozzle, you hit the little shaky thing again, click, 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 and your toilet's not going to flush. And you're going to be like, oh my god, okay, well, I must have something wrong with my toilet. You keep hitting the little metal swishy thing. It's not going down. You're like, you know what, I have to get ready for work. I'll figure this out when I get home. <laughs> figure this out when it's been sitting here for eight hours and getting super stinky. I'll have to stop off at Home Depot and buy a gas mask before I come home. But you go to work. And you get to work and you're sitting there and it's lunchtime and you're eating a big burrito. And you're like, oh, yes, nothing like a little bit of Chipotle to get, to get the intestines working. It's time for me to go to the bathroom again. So you go into the work bathroom And you notice that that toilet has not been flushed. There's a big pile of poop in there, and it hasn't been flushed. And you're like, what type of barbarians do I work with? They haven't flushed this toilet. So you walk over, and you start hitting the little metal thing. Clickety, click, 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 and it won't flush. The toilet won't flush, and you're like, oh, no, this is really bad, because... There's poop in here, and now I have to poop, <laughs> and I had Chipotle, so it's not going to be just a little bit. What am I going to do? It's just going to compound the problem. If it's not flushing now after this Chipotle dump, <laughs> I mean, all bets are off. All bets are off. They might just have to shut down the work site. It's not going to flush, but you have to go to the bathroom. So you do. And now you start to think, okay, I, originally when my toilet didn't flush... I thought there was something wrong with my plumbing. But now that I'm at work and that toilet won't flush, I wonder if there's something wrong with the city's water supply. And this is a conspiracy theory that has popped up online that this will all be done on purpose. 
the powers that be, the elite, are going to shut off our ability to use toilets starting May 1st, 2024. We're given this timeline. By the end of the second day, this, pro- this prophecy, this poop prophecy reads, by the end of the second day, you'll be keeping all of your doors closed. By day five, even with the doors closed in your house, you will smell the smell of feces no matter where you go. Because you have to keep going to the bathroom. It's basically, at a certain point, they do specify by day 14, it's going to go on for a while, by day 14, you'll be like hovering over the toilet. So you're not sitting in previous poop because it would basically create this mountain, this mountain of excrement. I actually knew a dude who was in a frat and his toilet went out. He told me the story years ago. He might be one of the guys who came up with this plan, right? This guy was pretty wealthy. He went to UC Berkeley, and he was in a frat, and he goes, we had the toilet back up in the frat house, and we all kept pooping in it because we had to poop in it. There's like three other bathrooms, but they're like, oh, that's on the other end of the hall. I'm going to use this one. He goes, we kept pooping in this toilet, and the mountain got higher and higher and higher, and you wouldn't want to sit in the previous thing of poop. So he goes, you would end up hovering over it, which would cause like more spray. On the <laughs> Jason, damn it, quit doing these episodes. You have more spray coming out because you're three inches above the seat at this point, or five inches. And he goes, we kept taking dumps in this toilet, and then it went from being this funny thing the frat boys were doing to it <laughs> became a hate crime because he goes, we did have a guy in our frat who was from Portugal apparently. And he had these little Portugal flags in his bedroom or in his dorm room, whatever they call it, a frat house, frat room. And he goes, the pile of poop got higher and higher and higher until it became like a little mountain, had a little like precipice. And he goes, one of us took the Portugal flag and put it at the top of the pile of poop. And the Portuguese guy got super mad, understandably, right? And then no one would fess up to who put the flag on. And it became a controversy because it became a hate crime. <laughs> that's 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 not even like arguable. It was a hate crime at the point. Saying Portugal is a pile of poop. But this would be bad. Uh, the prophecy says if you live alone, count yourself lucky. Because you don't have to worry about this. But you go, Jason, I don't have to worry about this at all. Because you keep saying the city, the city. So the... the the Illuminati is going to shut off the sewage to one city. Well, I mean, I have a one, and how many cities are there in America? 10,000, whatever. I have a one in 10,000 chance of this happening to me. It, no, it, no, it's more diabolical than that. And honestly, I believe this has happened, not this poop conspiracy, but this part of it, I believe, has happened before. It would be super easy to do this. You have a local calamity, and... No one else knows about it. You actually shut off the news, shut off the Facebook posts, because we know they do this 100% in other countries. We know they do this in Iran when there's a big uprising. There's all these huge protests. They shut down the social media. That's the first thing they do. So you are like super mad about that young woman who got beaten to death by the morality police in Iran. 
last year, you're super mad about it and you start going to social media. And if no one else is talking about it, you start to think, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only person who's mad about this. I mean, they did have mass protests. So you could also think that and then look out the window and see 50,000 people walking down the street. But they shut off the social media in other countries. They do it here. They do it here. We just don't know about it because it's shut off. If something happens in a small town, like an Ebola outbreak, we would never know. We would never know. I mean, once you start vomiting blood, you, that might be a clue. But you would never know. The point of this, well, not the point, we'll get to that in a second, but what they'll say is you will go to social media to figure out what's going on. Why is none of the sewage working in my city? No matter where I go, the toilets don't work. And you go online and everyone else is talking about different stuff. The people in your city, that's all they're talking about is the poop. But when you look up stuff, say, from New York or San Francisco or you know, somewhere in Ohio, it's just talking about, like, cat videos. But it will be nationwide. You just won't know it. You'll think it's just your city. They're going to shut it down so you will think it is just your municipality that is having this problem. While the truth is, every city in the United States, from May 1st to May 15th, will have their sewage shut off. So what's the point? What's the point? Why Why are they doing this? The insider said, and to be fair, this could be 100% made up, right? Anyone can claim to be an insider anonymously, but the insider said, the reason why we're doing this is because it's funny and to show that we can do it. We're just basically running this fun experiment on the sheeple and watch them run around with their heads cut off. Now, what's funny is if this is true, I think that this insider doesn't even know what the real point is. Because it is funny. If you had the ability to shut off somebody's sewage, I would, I would 100% do it. I would think it would be the funniest thing in the world to do this. But that's not the reason, if this is true, that's not the main reason why the Illuminati or the elites would do something like this. One, if you believed that the local government could not take care of your most basic needs, i.e. water, clean water, then you would turn to a federal authority. You would turn to anyone who gave you an idea that they could provide for you super basic needs. We know we have to go out and buy food, but the water that we get is supposed to be... I know we have a water bill, but you assume your toilet, the sewer system in your city is well-maintained. But if a organization was able to shut it down across the country and you didn't know it was across the country, you just thought it was your city, you would immediately turn on your local leaders and you would want a more powerful organization to come in and take care of it. So I, while it is fun and funny to do this thing, I think that would be the elite's goal, was to undercut local leadership. And then you say, no, we're going to have federal authorities come in and do it. And you're like, whatever. <laughs> as long as I can flush my toilet, constitution be damned, separation of powers, I don't care. Just make my toilet work. 
That's part of it. If this conspiracy is true, that's part of it. Second thing is if we look at the Illuminati or the elites as just power-hungry politicians, this would be a plan to enact federal control of local municipalities, which sounds boring, but it's, it would give them an extreme amount of power. But if we look at the Illuminati or the elite as having, because that's the one thing, is that they're just normal people who are rich and powerful and want to be richer and more powerful. If we look at them as worshippers of the Dark Lord, if we look at them as satanic acolytes who are trying to bring back, who are trying to bring about the rise of the Antichrist or the end of the world or the destruction of all religions, this plan also works in their favor because it's so profane to have a civilization drowning in their own feces. It's right up, I mean, it's right up Lucifer's lane, right? He loves stuff like that. If you believe that they're Satan worshippers, the filth, the filth that is expelled from our bodies begins to pile up around our homes. I mean, if a demon loves anything, it's something like that. There are demons, we did an episode on it, demons of poop and demons of the toilet. I'm sure he's like, oh, I got a great plan, boss. How about this? And they're like, why are all your plans involve poop? He's like, because I'm a poop demon. That would work too. You would just be surrounded by filth. It's the opposite of purity. So it's an interesting conspiracy theory. It popped up the other day, and then later on that day, really kind of the next day, someone else was laughing about it. And you know, again, this could all just be a LARP, but I found it uniquely amusing. This guy said, Hey man, I saw that conspiracy theory about the poop. Remember that poop thing? They're going to shut off the toilets. He goes, I have a relative who just happens to work in water treatment. The water treatment uh, facility. And I asked at like local water treatment facility. And he goes, I called him up on the phone and I pretended to be interested in all of his goofy stuff. Water treatment. Hey, how do you do? How do you get the corn out? And the guy's like, that's an interesting question, Bill. Listening to his relative drone on. He goes, after about, I don't know, a half hour... This extended family member, uh, we'll call him Buck, and we'll call the kid who posted this Jerry. Jerry goes, I called up an uh, extended family member of mine. I read this conspiracy online. I called up an extended family member of mine who works in water treatment, and we'll call that guy Buck. Jerry calls up Buck and, and just kind of asks him just BS questions for a while. And then he goes, hey, I was wondering, Buck, I was wondering... Do you think there's like any news or chance or really anything uh, that the water supply might get disrupted anytime soon? Like the supply chain? Do you think anything could go wrong within, I don't know, say the next month or two that could cause any sort of problems? He's basically alluding to this post of having the toilet shut off. And Buck says, what do you mean? Why would you say that? Like, wh where is that coming from? Jerry's like, well, oh, you know, it's nothing. I just saw something online. It was kind of kooky. It just made me think, like, is it possible to disrupt the chain? But Jerry just kind of changed the subject. He didn't get an answer from Buck, and they talked for a little bit longer, hung up. Two hours after that phone call, gets a, Jerry gets a text from Buck saying, hey, where online did you read about the supply chain issues? Where online did you read about the water treatment getting disrupted? 
And Jerry, you know, he's he saw this on 4chan. <laughs> Jerry saw this on 4chan. He doesn't want to admit that he goes to 4chan. He's like, oh, I don't know. I just came across it somewhere. Uh, you know. Buck's like, okay. Well, you think you could find where you got that? Do you think you could find that link? Jerry's like, uh, sure. You know, I'll see what I can do. Later that day, Jerry works at home. So he's just sitting there. And all of a sudden, knock on his front door. He goes, what? He opens the door and standing outside of his house is Buck and three other men. And Buck goes, these are my co-workers down at the water treatment facility. Hey, we were wondering, could you show us that post? Could you show us that post that you found online? And Jerry goes, actually, at this point, imagine he's sweating a lot. He's like, well, actually, you know, I work from home. And right now I got to get some stuff done. But I will check it out. And Buck's like, well, we can go through like your browser history really quickly and find where you got this. And he's like, well, I, I got to get back to work. But I'll go ahead and I'll figure it out and I'll send it over to you. And while Jerry is standing there having this conversation with Buck and Buck's three co-workers, he said that two of the co-workers, he noticed were wearing Masonic rings. Now, Jerry did say, this is interesting, because Jerry goes, I'll be honest, I don't know if the Masons have anything to do with it. Jerry goes, that could have been a coincidence that they had Masonic rings. That <laughs> could have been a coincidence, right? Four people show up involving this two of them have masonic rings they're like ah he goes i don't know if this has anything to do with the masons he he didn't notice that and he didn't note it in his narrative he goes i don't know what to do now could there be something behind this like why would the water treatment facility people show up at my house to get this what's interesting is you had a lot of people respond to this some people were saying the thing was fake. Other people were kind of arguing over... One guy just started talking about he's not worried about his toilet not working because he'll just get water from a river. <laughs> like, unless that river is outside of your house. If it's like a mile walk, it's going to be a little hard. You're going to be walking around with buckets on your head all day long. But I thought this was interesting. Someone said... It's possible that the conspiracy theory is totally made up. This actually isn't going to happen. But when you start, when you out of the blue called someone who works at a water treatment plant, he's talking to Jerry, when you out of the blue call someone who works at a water treatment plant, BS with them for a bit and then ask a question about disrupting the water supply, they probably think a terrorist attack is coming. He goes, the, the conspiracy theory may have nothing to do with the fact that you called up a water treatment plant and made mention of the system getting disrupted in a month or two. They may want to see that post, not because they're in on this diabolical scheme, but because they don't want a 9-11 style incident at the local water treatment plant, which is true. That could be why they're so interested in checking it out. It's an interesting conspiracy theory. We will know in a couple months whether or not this is true. And if it's not, that's fine, right? I'm not, I'm not betting money on it. I won't say, oh, I wasted an episode talking about a conspiracy that didn't happen. A long time ago, I toyed with the idea of doing an apocalypse watch where we would cover conspiracy theories like this that pop up from time to time. There's so many of them, I kind of had to drop the segment. That's all the show would be. But this one, I definitely wanted to note. And maybe it's true. So on May 1st, 
if you find yourself, you're going to be so paranoid. You're going to be like, I have buckets of water in your bathroom. You're like, I don't know. Jason put this in my head. I never thought about it before, but I got all these buckets to poop in. On May 1st, if you find yourself having to go to the bathroom particularly bad that day, think twice. <laughs> you're walking around. You're wearing a diaper. You're like, ah, this is all I can do if the water supply is shut off everywhere. Walking around a diaper. Think twice. I, I would argue don't eat a lot on <laughs> This is my takeaway. Don't eat a lot on April 30th. Because come May 1st, you may take a Chipotle-sized dump, but when you go to flush that toilet, you now have a Chipotle-sized problem. And you're like, oh no, this is going to be going on for 15 days. Uh, I have an eating contest after work today. All the blueberry pies I can eat. I can't turn it down. Who knows? Who knows? That's become the new ending to every segment on the show. I was like, I don't know. Who knows? Could be real. It would be a terrifying conspiracy if we found ourselves in the middle of it. I mean, I'd say as far as conspiracy theories go, it's 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 not the number one scariest conspiracy theory, but I'd argue it's number two. Biggie Cheese, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the world-famous Carpenter Copter. We're leaving behind this water treatment plant. Fly us all the way out to a hospital. I originally planned on making this next segment an interactive segment. I've done episodes before where I say pick a number between 1 and 4 or 1 and 6, whatever. And then that is the fate you will get. But I scrapped it because these, these are absolutely so terrifying. <laughs> if you did pick the number six, it would probably ruin your day. Because it's bad. This, this, this part gets really creepy and dark because... We talk about it, I won't say a lot on the show, we've talked about it a couple times on the show, but it is super common paranormal activity. When someone is on the edge of life and death, they see their loved ones who have passed before them standing at their bedside or holding their hands or just listening to them to help them transfer from this realm into the next. It's very, very common paranormal phenomenon and i think it's kind of in the cusp like it's almost a phenomenon that a lot of people will say is not paranormal but it's a normal phenomenon it's as your brain is shutting off as your organs are failing you're hallucinating you're basically having a waking dream and in those moments you're seeing people who died before you it's a hallucination paranormal we say it's their souls it's the people who died before us, coming back to help ease that transition. But there's, I mean, it happens so often. Doctors and nurses and people who work with the dying have had to say, yeah, that does happen. They may or may not necessarily think it's a ghost. They think it's just the brain being flooded with dopamine before they die or DMT, whatever chemicals are firing off at that moment. I remember a particularly sad one we did cover on the show was about a a child who was dying who hadn't had anyone die before them in their close family circle. So grandpa wasn't there to be at the bedside. Grandma, you know, an aunt or someone like that. 
But that child had lost a pet. And while this kid was dying, I think it was the nurse who told the story, the child was like petting a, petting a pet and it was saying that he was seeing his puppy, his puppy who had died a year earlier. So, so, so on that particularly cheery note, let's go ahead and get into these because these are the complete opposite. This time, I found creepy stuff that happens to people as they're dying. We're going to take a look at a couple of these stories. They're all quite short. <laughs> not interactive. Not interactive, but in your mind. Uh, don't choose number six. First off, let's take a look at this story. We have a report of a woman, we'll call her Judy. She's dying. All of these stories, people are like in the last days, maybe week of their life. Judy's dying. She's in bed and she's like, oh, oh, I'm dying. <laughs> You're like, what a complainer. Come on, we get it. You're dying, Grandma. Why are you talking so much? Oh, I'm dying. I'm dying. And the family's like, it's okay, Grandma Judy. It's okay. And she's like, uh. And she kept looking around the room. Judy is laying in bed. She keeps looking around the room. She's like, huh, what, huh? Huh? She's like looking around, which obviously like would freak you out. But you're thinking, oh, maybe she's looking around the room and she's seen like Grandpa Mortimer standing there being like, Judy, welcome. Welcome to the world of the undead. But no, what Judy saw. Because these people are telling them, you know, Judy tells her family members, Judy says. I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing people, people that she doesn't know, climbing the walls. Like Spider-Man. And then a few days later, she dies. Now, I would argue, you're like, Jason, that's not that creepy. <laughs> We're just getting started. And I would argue that's quite terrifying just because of the abstract nature of it. First off, seeing people you don't know before you die would be odd because so many of the stories are someone's dying and they're like, I see him. I see little Billy on my bedside. What? And there's Aunt Carol walking in. Hey, Aunt Carol. I miss you so much. And they're like saying this out loud and the loved ones are like, oh, she's about to die because... <laughs> Both of those people have been dead for a while if they're showing up. Um, she's going to die soon. If you were, I, I think about how creepy it would be if you were totally healthy and you were sitting in your living room one day and all of a sudden you noticed people you'd never seen before. I keep nailing, like, Jason, it doesn't matter if they've seen it before or not. If Grandpa Joe was climbing the wall, that might be more terrifying than just some random stranger. If you're sitting there and you start to see something as abstract as adults, as humans, crawling across your wall like Spider-Man. It's so bizarre that it would, I think it would break your brain. Because we know humans can't do that other than Spider-Man. Now, if it was Spider-Man, that'd be pretty dope, but there's, it wasn't. Might have been Peter Parker. She didn't specify. It was just people she didn't know crawling on the walls around her. Just a weird visual. She doesn't see anyone who died before her. She just sees this thing. Now, in, in Judy's defense, and not like she needs it, but Judy was not scared by these people crawling on the walls. 
She was just curious about it. She just watched them. She wasn't scared, but she did acknowledge that that's not supposed to happen. And again, like, what's the brain doing at that point when she's seeing something so bizarre? But let's move to the next one. We're going to meet a young woman. Let's call her Kelly. She posted this and she said that she grew up in a haunted house. And as a child, she felt like the ghost at the house that she was growing up in enjoyed scaring her. Well, later in life, Kelly's father is dying of pancreatic cancer. And he's at home and just kind of laying in bed. A few days before he dies, they notice he's kind of scanning the room from side to side. Like, he's looking at something, but Kelly said the way he was moving his head, it was as if it wasn't like people were crawling on the walls looking around. She goes, it was almost as if someone was running back and forth really quickly at the foot of his bed. And obviously none of the other people were able to see what he saw, but it was like if you saw, if you woke up in the middle of the night and someone is running back and forth at the foot of your bed, your head's kind of on a swivel. That's what he's doing. And then he begins screaming. Kelly's father begins screaming out, Get away from me! Get away from me! Ow! Stop hitting me! Stop hitting me! And he's totally losing it. I mean, it's bad enough you're watching your dad die, but now you're watching him, like, have a anxiety attack, hallucination, who, who knows what's going on. And Kelly thinks that he's just panicking over something. When all of a sudden she sees her dad's stomach sink in. She said it just sunk in suddenly as if somebody had punched him right in the gut. Ooh. Stop it! Stop hitting me! Get away! Get away! And when Kelly, you know, when he first started screaming, it you know, obviously would catch you off guard, but when she saw him react to a punch, she goes, this has to be spiritual. There has to be a spiritual answer for that. Like, I saw that. I saw him get hit by an invisible force. She said she ended up doing some research online. I mean, <laughs> TikTok, TikTok, right? You're going to try to solve this as quickly as possible. You don't have time to call a priest. And they're like, oh, you know, it can come out next week. Your dad's dying and he's being tormented by this spirit. Who she believes is the same spirit who tormented her as a child, but really just delighted in scaring her. But now it's actually assaulting her dying father. She goes, I looked it up. I found some prayers online and began to recite those. Lit some candles around the room. And she said that at one point, her mother wanted to bring in a priest and dad was like, no, I don't want that. I don't want anything like that. But when Kelly lit the candles and she said the prayers, the dad said, uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Like he felt blessed. He felt at peace and he fell asleep. He was able to get some sleep. And then he died a couple days later. So instead of him being tormented in those last few days, getting assaulted and beat up and just terrified by this monstrosity, whatever it was, whatever he was seeing, he was able to die peacefully. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> it did involve a demon punching a dying man in the stomach. But 
better than we're going to end up because let's go ahead and take a look at this guy. Let's name him Charlie. And he was hanging out with his aunt, who we'll call Susan. So Aunt Susan. Charlie goes, let's all be honest, Aunt Susan was not a good person. She wasn't a good person. But, you know, it's, we didn't hate her, right? So when she had a bad fall and she had to go into rehab, we feel bad for her. You know, you visit her. Hey, Aunt Susan, how's it going? She's like, oh, how do you think it's going, you idiot? I'm in rehab from a bad fall. Oh, that's good old Aunt Susan. So anyways, Aunt Susan's in rehab after she takes a bad fall and there's talk of going home because she's doing a lot better. She's doing a lot better, but uh, when they begin talking about going home and as that date becomes closer, she takes a real downhill turn real fast. So now the idea of her... And she wasn't on the edge of death. When she had this fall. It doesn't say how old she is. But I mean like. By the time you hit like 70. A fall will do it. You break your hip. <laughs> start sizing the coffin. I hate to say that. But in the, I shouldn't right. That may not be true. But especially let's add it. Let's add 10 years. If you're 80 and you break a hip. Start picking out the music you want played at your wake. We don't know how old she was. But when she went into rehab. She wasn't on the edge of death. But now she's having this really really quick decline in her health well one day she's still in the rehabilitation center and charlie's there and charlie's sister's there and all of a sudden aunt susan begins screaming at the top of her lungs she's just screaming uncontrollable terrified screams coming out of this woman charlie and his sister completely caught off guard as you would imagine you're just probably sitting there reading a three-year-old issue of Woman's Weekly. All of a sudden, your aunt starts screaming, and he described them as blood-curdling screams. Within 30 minutes, she was dead. Man, listen, death sucks. Death sucks in general. But if you thought something bad was going to happen to you when you died, it's imagine it's ten times worse. I imagine it's 10 times worse if you're thinking like, oh my God, imagine being confronted with all the things you did wrong in your life. All of those coming to you in the last 30 minutes. Now, I'm not saying in the last 30 minutes you're alive. Now, I'm not saying that's exactly what happened to Aunt Susan, but kind of the implication from that story is she saw something or learned something in those final moments of her life that filled her with dread. But we can take a look at another story, similar story, about about a minister this is from the point of view of a minister who gets called up to go out to a house now the minister he goes the person whose house i was going to was not a member of my church he was a relative of a member of my church and my church member said hey can you go to my family member let's call him theo he goes can you go see theo because he's dying and um can you just like be there with him and maybe give him some peace and maybe Work your work your pastoral magic, you know, save his soul. And the minister goes, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. If I'm, don't ask for miracles. No pun intended. But I will go out there and I will go sit with your loved one. And the minister knows that this guy whose house he's going to, let's call him Tyler. He knows that Tyler has a real checkered past. And put it lightly as a checkered past. 
Minister gets there, and Tyler is on his deathbed, and before he dies, he begins screaming. He begins screaming in fear, as if he's seen something happening that just chills his soul to the bone. And then he begins to shout out, I won't go with you! I won't go with any of you! No! You can't take me! I won't go! I won't go! Until he died. So, while Susan's story, I mean, you could argue she was dying and maybe she saw the great abyss, the everlasting darkness that atheists would believe awaits us all. When we die, there is no life after death. Uh, You could argue Susan might have seen something like that or just finally realized that, you know, her life was going to be over. It was just a different type of it was a different type of blood curdling scream not necessarily one that says she was dragged to hell in, t- in Tyler's case it's pretty implied right ah, I'm not going with you you'll never get me no no um I imagine if angels were flying from above and there's a little cherub floating out of the foot of your bed going you've had a checkered past Tyler but the Lord loves all of you. Come, I don't think he'd be scared. like cherubs. No, I hate babies. I hate flying babies. That's why I threw all those babies out the window and then kicked them when they landed. No. Um, even if they were the biblically accurate angels with the eyeball, you know, like the million eyeballs wrapped in bands, you'd be like, I don't know, that guy looks pretty cool. The fact that he was screaming, I won't go with you, I won't let you take me, would imply this guy went to hell. You're like, Jason, well, okay, that is a horrifying version of the end of life. We're not done yet. Maybe I'm overhyping the last one. But the last one is the reason why I didn't do an interactive one. The last one was, I was like, I don't know. This might be in bad taste. <laughs> Talking about babies getting thrown out a window. Ah, you know, that's a good chuckle. There was a woman, we'll call her Pamela. She's dying. <laughs> that's kind of implied at this point. You're like, oh, will this have a happy ending? Will she have a miraculous recovery? Pamela's dying. Her husband is there next to her. And she turns to her husband. And she goes, where, where have all these people come from? Look at all these people. Husband kind of looks around the room. He's like, I don't, I don't see anybody, dear. Oh, there's all these people. Look at them. And she didn't say she knew who they were, which again is an interesting thing. She sees all these people. She's not like, there's Aunt Maud. She'll teach me her peach cobbler recipe in heaven, I bet. No, she's just a bunch of people. But then she goes, I don't like him. I don't like him. He's mean. He's not being nice to me. And her husband just says, just ignore him, honey. Just ignore that one. Again, super, super bizarre. Like, okay, you're like, Jason, we went from screaming, <laughs> demons dragging a man to hell. So just the guy, just the guy not being nice. That's way, way downgrade. Well, hold on, we're not finished. What a bizarre thing to see. I always thought, because so many of these stories are seen, I always imagine that as before I die, I see my grandparents show up, 
<laughs> my long list of pets who have died before me. Family members who have passed. You know, all that stuff, right? That Yoda action figure my brother buried in the backyard and I could never find again. He'll be there. His bullets are tearing through, <laughs> His bullets are tearing through my body on some unnamed battlefield in a far-flung future. I'll be seeing that my great-grandma will be trying to, like, sew me up. My grandpa picks up the plasma rifle and blows an alien's brains out. And they'll be like, you're coming with us, son. The war is over. You can finally have peace. And then little <laughs> Yoda guy jumps up and he's like, yes, peace you will have. I'm like, Yoda, he's the one I'm most excited about. I always wondered where you went. You didn't dig deep enough, Jason. Or dig enough, Jason, whatever. Anyways, we fly up to heaven. I always imagined that is what would happen. I didn't really consider the fact that people would be climbing on walls or just a mean guy would be sitting in your room. I, I did imagine some people getting dragged to hell as horrific as that thought is of people having to spend eternity in hell regardless of what they did on earth. I think it's a little bit <laughs> it's a little bit of an overcorrection, but this last story is both lovable and might be, I think, the most terrifying of them all. But maybe I've been hyping it up. We'll get into this one. It's 2018, and we are standing around the bed of a man that we'll call Mark. Grandpa Mark is dying. And he begins to see people show up in his room. We don't have a timeline. We don't know if this exactly all kind of happens in the same day or if one day someone shows up and the other day somebody shows up. I kind of imagine they're all in at the same time. The person who posted the story said, my grandpa Mark, when he was dying, he saw in his room, grandpa Mark saw his mother and his sister who had passed before him in the room with him. And they're sitting there and they start going, <laughs> <laughs> and they're laughing at him they're laughing at him and they begin to be very quote unquote nasty towards him <laughs> which I will assume is the old version of nasty the way an old person would say someone you're being nasty which would be mean Right, I don't want to think that he meant nasty, as in Janet Jackson. As in Janet Jackson, nasty. I want a nasty girl. I want a nasty girl. And like the mother and the daughter are like trying to. He's like, I don't want to go into detail, but his mother and his sister, you know, are doing nasty. A nasty girl, like you know what I mean. Like he's he's dying, and it turns out his mother's a huge pervert. He didn't know that. When he said they're being nasty towards him, he didn't mean like provocative or doing a sexy dance or anything like that. I think they were just laughing at him and being mean. And he's like, oh, mom, sister. Uh. But then, like, that's be horrible in either version. <laughs> either version. Well, one's worse, right? If you were dying and your mother showed up and was being mean to you, 
Your mother's ghost is being mean to you. That'd be far preferable than the other version of what she could do. But that's not bad enough because this is horrific. I don't think I ever would have thought that this could have happened. He sees his mother and his sister being there laughing at him, doing being nasty towards him, making fun of him, being mean. And then a priest appeared. Not a priest walking through the door, the, being called for last rites. No, a priest, like a, a, a ghost version of a priest appears in Grandpa Mark's bedroom. Not just any priest, a priest Grandpa Mark used to know who died a long time ago. And when he was a kid, he went to this Catholic church and he recognizes, hey, that's the same Catholic priest that... I went to church with when I was a kid. That was also the same Catholic priest who molested Mark. You're like, wow, Jason, that came out of nowhere. Nowhere. It's terrifying. He sees the ghost of the priest who molested him as a child appear at his deathbed. Talk about punishment. Talk about the last person you would want to see as you were dying. A man who not only betrayed your trust, but used the cloak of God to do it, and molested you. Now he's standing at your bedside. I would argue that that is worse than being a bunch of demons come out of a portal and grab you. I mean... On the scale of things, spending eternity in hell or a bit with this guy, that's still bad. It's still a bad comparison. People crawling on the walls, people being mean towards you, that's all nothing compared to at your deathbed being confronted by the person who molested you as a child. And I think now you're under, you're like, yep, good thing. You didn't do uh, interactive because I didn't want anyone to have to choose this one. It's, it's almost it's almost inhumane to be confronted with this person's spirit in the last days of your life. This ghost shows up at the man who molested you as a kid. Then, and again, I don't know if all three of these apparitions appeared at the same time. I don't know if they appeared over the course of a couple days or they just appeared in the room one by one and they were there until the end. We're not for sure, but he has his mother and his sister who are being mean to him. You have the priest who molested Grandpa Mark as a child and it died long ago. He's back. I, if I was in that situation, I'd be like, well, this is a, this is a bad sign. <laughs> These people don't like me and they're here to watch me die. Am I going to hell? Thought I had it all figured out. These people, not huge fans. I might be going to hell. Like, if you could think of anyone who's more demonic than a man who molests kids, right? I mean, that's about as bad as it gets. You're actively molesting children under the disguise of a holy man. Talk about profane. Mark sees his brother appear. His brother appear. His brother who had died as well, a, a while back. His brother was now standing next to Grandpa Mark's 
deathbed and you're like, great, what did his brother do? Give him an atomic wedgie? Is he going to get wedgies for eternity? What could this brother have possibly done to join this rogues gallery? No, it was the opposite. The brother showed up and he was dressed completely in white. Because Mark is telling the, the living people who are with him while he's dying, he's told them what he's seen. He goes, I see my brother there. He's dressed all in white. And he had a very calming aura about him. He says, just looking at my brother, I could tell everything was going to be okay. Because Grandpa Mark was yelling at the mother and the sister and the priest saying, get out of here. Go, just go away. I don't want you here. Get out. Get out. Because you would be worried. You would be worried the worst people in your life showing up at your final moments. You would assume, I think you'd make the assumption like this isn't going to end well. But he felt that his brother was there to take him to the other side. Take him to the peaceful existence in paradise. That even though these awful people showed up at his deathbed, it was his brother who was going to protect him and take him to where he's truly going to go. And his family members said, you know, this did go, and looking more at my notes, this did go over the course of a period of time. It wasn't like right before he died. Again, I don't know if this was days or hours before he died, but his loved ones who were posting this online, they said every so often in a daze, Grandpa Mark would just be laying there in a daze and he would hold his arms up he would hold his arms up towards nothing as if he was seeing something celestial, as if he was reaching out, reaching towards something, reaching towards the forever. And he died shortly after that. It's terrifying. I honestly, I mean, it might sound naive. I had heard stories about people in their last moments, being like, no, hell's real. No, I'm getting dragged. Ah. I've heard stories like that. And obviously I've heard hundreds of stories through my life, if not more, just reading all this paranormal stuff about people seeing their loved ones peacefully help them over to the other side. These ones are so abstract, and some of them downright cruel, that to me, I mean, for me, what's scary, and we'll wrap it up like this, What, and because I've said this a hundred times before, what scares me the most about dying isn't dying or the afterlife because i believe there's an afterlife it's the abstract nature of it all like is there peach cobbler in heaven i hate peach cobbler i care less if there was but is there apple pie i don't like that either is there a chocolate silk pie in heaven is there gravity do we get hungry do our eyes hurt when we look at the sun can we go anywhere? Can I be like, see you later, heaven, I'm going to Uranus. And God's like, Jason, if you tell the joke one more time, I'm all, wee flying around. Pluto's a real planet. Like, that's what I want to do when I die. I want to float around. And I want to shrink and go inside people's bodies and stuff like that. I don't, I mean, like, heaven sounds cool and all. <laughs> compared to the other place, compared to hell. But it's like, if I'm just sitting on a cloud for the rest of time... I'd get super bored. And I also want to... I remember, like, I hear about, no, you rejoin the universal oneness. I don't want to do that either. That sounds lame, too. Floating through the universe towards some intergalactic brain, and then I get to become part of a higher consciousness. 
lame. That sounds so dumb. I'd be so disappointed if that happened. If when I die, I realize that everything in the universe is connected and we are all separate but one, I'd be so disappointed. That's the lamest death ever. That's like the lamest afterlife. <laughs> Flying towards the universal mind, I was like, oh, nope, I'm going to Uranus. They're like, what? It's still part of me. I'm like, not anymore. Yeah, this sounds super dumb, dude. I don't want to do none of that stuff. I want to be Jason, but uh, like a ghost or a spirit version of Jason. I don't want to be like some enlightened universal dude floating around. Not being floating around. No, you're stuck in some big galactic hive mind. That sounds super dumb. If I wanted to be that, I would just be a bee. I think it'd be super dumb. Um, so questions like that is what I think of. I don't think of like what happens to people when they die. Well, I guess that is right. <laughs> Grandma's defying gravity. She's like the universal mind is great. It's like Grandma, you're lame. Stuff like that. Does gravity work? Do we get hungry? Can we have enemies? Like because you know, every so often you got to beef with somebody, right? You got to have conflict. Do I get to like pick fights in heaven? Probably not. I find this grandpa got punched in the stomach. I'm like punching him in the stomach in heaven. I'm like, ah, that was me in your house. That was me. Um, Yeah, those are my questions. And so when you look at stories like these, that really throws a whole monkey wrench into the binary of paradise and hell. I know in Catholicism, they have purgatory, which is kind of like that gray space you can be in for a thousand years. I'm not a huge, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of that either, but um, loved ones taking you to paradise, demons taking you to hell. That's the binary. When it's just a bunch of people appear in your bedroom and one of them's not nice to you, how do we process that? And these experiences, I think, are far more frightening than a lot of ghost stories we've covered because these are those... La I mean, you can have a terrifying ghost experience when you're 25 years old. And yeah, that totally sucks. <laughs> Your best friend got possessed and killed seven other people before you finally stopped the curse. But, you know, this is the end of your life. Like, these are the last days, the last minutes of your life. And to be thrown into such metaphysical chaos... It's truly, truly terrifying to me. Absolutely horrific stuff. So that's how we're going to begin season 24. A bunch of stories of old people dying of diseases. And their loved ones watching them go insane minutes before they die. Uh, I think that's a pretty good start. I think that's a pretty good start to season 24. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to have you back. Have a great one, guys. Bye.